Chargers general manager Tom Telesco had an hour and seven minute end of year press conference this week, and we got to hear a lot about Justin Herbert and his thoughts on him not believing in quarterback windows, Brandon Steely's fourth down decisions, and also why special teams coordinator Darius Swinton was let go. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And this is our sixth season now covering the Chargers. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day and you can find the show every day for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from and if you haven't already make sure to check out the new locked on chargers youtube channel and subscribe there but thank you guys for making us your first listen today because we finally got some news david some real live fresh content to talk about today and of course it was so much that we're gonna have to split it into two parts so brain or not brain say tom telesco had his end of year press conference that went an hour and seven minutes talked about brandon staley and those fourth down decisions also talked about the quiet drive from Justin Herbert that seems to fill the building and much more, including, you know, Mike Williams and potentially bringing him back and why Darius Swinton got fired. And that was a little bit surprising to me, at least his thoughts on that. It seemed like it was more of a Staley thing than it was a Tom Telesco thing. But we also get into next week on Monday because there was so much. We have, you know, so much to talk about from Tom Telesco's final press conference of the season. We'll get into, you know, the, what he thought about Jerry Tillery him overestimating what the team had defensively, but also being okay with the depth on the team. So that's something I'll have to ponder about over the weekend and kind of hold in until I can cons- explode it to you guys on Monday. But <laughs> let's start with Justin Herbert, David, because he was effusive with his praise of the coaching staff when asked about Justin Herbert specifically. He just talked about how good of a job that Shane Day and you know Frank Smith, Joe Lombardi, and even Brandon Staley did with Justin Herbert. But one of the interesting things that he said about Justin Herbert was he has a great drive and the players feel that he said it's a quiet drive, but it's a drive that you feel throughout the building because of his work ethic and because of just some of those things that maybe him leading by example. Right. And I think that is a good way to put it with Justin Herbert, because it does seem like he has that quiet confidence in himself. You know, that like ultra competitor that he has inside of him, he keeps it down most of the time. Right. But you do see it in kind of little flashes of seeing that kind of, you know, the I was in moment. Like yeah. that seemed like an uncharacteristic thing from Justin Hurt. But I think he's just always trying to be the cool, calm head, you know, cool headed guy. But I think there is something to that. I do think that is something Tom Plesco is right about because I do feel like he kind of does radiate that quiet inner confidence. And I think that does permeate throughout the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it shows in the big moments. He's just so, you know, cool, calm and collected. He's got that ice water in his veins. And you and I think he has that confidence because he knows he puts the work in and he has he gets the respect from his teammates because he he, he does go out there. He does get in in the in the weight room. He is with those guys. He's putting in that work. He may not be that rah rah guy where he, you know, he's that 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 loud, you know, type of inspirational leader. They have that. That's Derwin James. But Justin Herbert is also a leader of this team as well, but he just goes out there and does it through his preparation. He lets his preparation do the talking during the week, and then on Sunday, he lets his play do the talking then. 
And I think he makes a fair point about, you know, Joe Lombardi and Shane Day, right? Even Frank Smith, who is the run game coordinator for the Chargers, like all that stuff did work in lockstep this season. And yeah. for what they had to do as far as bringing in and installing a totally different offense, to have a top five offense in the league is something that, you know, you can't really slander at all. I mean, they, they came in, the transition seemed seamless, right? And, you know, Justin Herbert had some growing pains along the way, but also put up a very elite season so that was one of the things that tom telesco and brandon staley to a lesser extent had to get right and i know people had their issues with joe lombardi but like it's not as if anyone's less excited about justin herbert this year like he went out and had a top five quarterback season after getting like a top 10 his first season he's progressing he's getting better and making strides and like that part the Chargers absolutely nailed tom telesco deserves some credit for that as well and Tom Telesco said, hey, you know, we're just scratching the surface uh, of what Joe Lombardi wants to do with this offense. If scratching the surface of what he wants to do is 5,000-plus passing yards, 1,800-plus rushing yards, uh, I mean, that that's pretty exciting. And, and I think, you know, just the more and more Justin Herbert gets to stay in one system with hopefully some continuity at the, the coordinator position – He's had, what, five or six different coordinators like yeah. his entire ride from college and into the pros. So to have some continuity and some carryover, I think it's only going to benefit Justin Herbert. Yeah, I do want to see what that looks like. I mean, I don't have any, you know, unless obviously Joe Lombardi gets a job as a head coach somewhere, which isn't going to happen, I don't think, at this point. But, like, if that were to happen, yeah, you have to start, you know, having to question that thing. But I do think it was interesting, though, what he said about the quarterback window because there was a few different reporters that asked throughout the interview process are you trying to really take advantage of having justin herbert such an elite talent on a rookie contract and he really diffused it every time but the last time it seemed to get to him a little bit where he kind of wanted to not show off his bona fides necessarily but kind of be like okay like that's an overblown thing right he said he hates that narrative and i thought that was interesting interesting he said don't believe in rookie quarterback contracts, a really bad narrative. There were like 10 teams in the playoffs that didn't have rookie quarterback contracts. I was with a team before this for 10 years with a very high-paid quarterback, and they won. You know, they did just fine, basically, paraphrasing there. He said he doesn't believe in windows. We try to win it all every year. That's the generic thing. We try to win it all every year. We can't focus and say this is the window, so we're trying extra hard this year because, right. of course, you're trying to win it all every year. But I also think that's underplaying how important it is or how just because, you know, a lot of the playoff teams, I I mean, I I think there is something to it being overblown, right? I mean, maybe that is, you know, thought about too much winning while he's on his rookie contract. And there's a lot of guys out there that aren't in the rookie contract that are in the playoffs. That is true. But it doesn't take away from the great opportunity that you have right now to build around that specific rookie contract and to be a little bit more aggressive because of that. Right. Well, and I think you got to just keep in mind the the value that you're getting from Justin Herbert on the contract that he is currently signed to. And I right. think that's what the reality is. I mean, the whole stigma of a rookie quarterback on a, and on a rookie contract, it's not about that. It's about the flexibility that it allows you because you have the most important player on your team signed to a contract that is nowhere close to the value that he is bringing you, which will allow you to supplement your roster or add to your roster and sign different guys to different types of contracts while you have that all-important quarterback on a very, very cost-effective and cost-team-friendly deal. 
Yeah, I mean, and it just allows you to do some different things. And, like, yeah. I think some of that, you know, is overblown, too, just because, like, yeah, there are a couple of guys that aren't technically on rookie contracts, but they got extensions. So, technically, this still kind of is part of their rookie contracts, even right. though they got paid, like a Patrick Mahomes, for yeah. example. But I do think he's just, like, I, you could tell how frustrated he was with the question, but like, I think it's a fair question because there Absolutely. are different things that you can do. And it just seemed like when talking about free agency and stuff, he was just like, we have to treat it like every year. We can't focus offensively or defensively, all that stuff. But like, it's like, this is a pretty unique opportunity for you to take advantage of this, even though it's not how every team ends up winning it. And he did say you have to evolve and that's true. And you're going to have to, because just because, this is a window doesn't mean it's the only window during Justin yeah. Herbert's career. It just might be the easiest window to build around him and give him the best exactly. supporting cast. And I, and I think that's pretty irrefutable as far as just a salary cap standpoint and mm -hmm. just by, you know, the numbers. But the other thing that was so talked about this season had to be Brandon Staley's fourth down decisions. And I do think there were some rumblings out there on Twitter, on social media that like, is the front office okay with Brandon Staley's decisions to do that, right? Some even making the link to Darius Wynn firing and his game management role being part of that but it did seem like tom Tuesco was pretty supportive of brand staley's decisions so we'll get into that and also why darius when not special teams coordinator ended up getting fired after this but hey guys it's me dan here from locked on charges podcast your host you know and i have an incredible app that i have to tell everyone about who buys gas that you need to know about and it's the get upside app and right now guys you can be saving up to 25 cents per gallon every time that you go to the gas pump with the get upside app you can get it from the app store or the google play store and start saving money today and there's no reason not to do it guys and if you guys since you listen to this podcast want to download the app and use the promo code at touchdown you guys can save up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first fill up that means you can take 50 cents off the number you see on the board which makes it a lot more stomachable right when you can take money off the horrendous gas prices especially in california up to 50 cents off that when you use the promo code touchdown. And I like to say that there's no downside with GetUpside because you can get the money straight into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can also get it in Amazon gift cards and other big gift card brands as well. And if you're a rideshare driver, if you do food delivery or anything like that, you can save up to hundreds of dollars a month and up to 25 cents per gallon on every visit, not just the first visit. But if you use the promo code touchdown on that first visit, you guys can save up to 50 cents per gallon back on that first visit with the GetUpside app. I also need to tell you guys about my favorite place to bet, and that is betonline.ag. And I've been putting a lot of bets up <laughs> during the playoffs, and it's going to continue this weekend. And the only place I'm doing it is with betonline.ag because betonline is the best place to go because they have the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find. And right now, they have a bunch of crypto boosts. If you guys want to load money in crypto, they will boost that up for you with taking a ton of different currencies. You can pretty much get in any way you want. And you can head to the new updated website right now and desktop if you guys want to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, you can do that. Since you listen to the show, you can get up to 50% on that deposit bonus. That's free money to play with with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word to get that 50% welcome bonus. And you guys, whatever you guys want to bet on, you can find it out bet online. You're going to find some crazy tournaments going on with a chance to bet a little and win a lot. And that's always what I'm trying to do. And from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, right to the UFC, which has a huge event heavyweight championship a couple of championships on the line this weekend i'm going to be betting on that and i'm going to be betting on that with betonline.ag and even if it's your favorite vegas casino games you can find those on there too because bet online is where the game starts all right dude well as you know there was so much to talk about during this in tom telesco press conference i was stressed out when i saw that it was an hour and seven minutes and rightfully so but 
Yeah. I do, I do want to get into this Brandon Staley thing because that was, I mean, you talk about notoriety, like Brandon Staley kind of put the charge on the map with good and bad things as far as those decision making. Just making the decisions to go for it on fourth down was something that kind of transcended the local market here, you know, for the Chargers oh, yeah. in Los Angeles and was a, you know, nationally talked about storyline, especially when it comes back to bite you, you know, in the final game of the season with the playoffs Always. on the line <laughs> after going for it, you know, from your own 18-yard line. But there was a lot of people that were wondering, you know, how <laughs> how on board is Tom Telesco with this whole fourth down process? But this is what he had to say. I trust our head coach 100%. I want to play aggressive football. You know what you get with us. We're going to play aggressive. It's not reckless. I don't really see it as reckless, all of these decisions, even though they're made in real time. There's research involved in prior to the game. There's also context involved, too. Brand Staley's not a robot. He's not just making the decisions solely based on the numbers. But he also said that Brand Staley did an excellent job with, with what he had this year. He has my support behind that. So I think that is a good place, at least for, you know, he could have just done what he did for a lot of the interview and just said, like, I'm not worried about that or focused on that. I'm worried, you know, focused on 2021 or whatever. But hey, I think that is nice to see that at least they're on the same page there because I definitely don't want that to stop. And you would think with Brandon Staley specifically, if he was going to stop being like that, you'd almost feel like it had to be coming from up top. Yeah, it, it is it's definitely nice to see some synchronization with the message from the head coach and with the general manager because, I mean, those are, you know, as much as the owner is the owner, like, those are the two faces that you see more than anyone else as far as when you're looking at this Chargers organization. Those are the two dudes that are leading this team forward. And I think one of the things that was kind of interesting for me was that, like, hey, when he said, hey, when you put on the, you know, the Chargers this year and you watched us, it was an exciting brand of football. And, it, true. you know, that aggressive nature, that's who we are. And it's, you know, it's something, hey, you know, we're in this to win football games. Of course, that's the number one thing we're trying to do. But we're also here to entertain. And you can you couldn't put us on this year and not be entertained from what you saw. That's the identity that we're going to play with. And that's how we are going to do things going forward. So at least the fact that Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco, I think, created an identity and they are going to stick with that identity going forward. And I think, I mean, this is a team that's kind of struggled to find its identity for a I long agree. time. And I think in the Anthony Lynn era, the want was always to, you know, be that team and be the big muscly, you know, we're going to out tough you team. Even though the personnel never really fit that right. And, right. and the, the, the guys they had didn't really fit that. And I don't know if they ever did throughout his tenure here, but it didn't stop him from doing it right. Right. That's what he tried to make their identity, but they never really had that identity. With Brandon Staley, at least you feel like you feel some kind of identity. I mean, I don't think he wants the defensive identity to be the you know fifth worst scoring defense in the <laughs> at league. All. At um, all. But I, I do think that when you think of the Chargers, when you think of Brandon Staley now, it's word association with, oh, the dude's going for it on fourth down all the time. Right, fourth and, and Staley, like, right? Yeah, you right. see that out there. 100%. And I, I love that. I mean, I know there's oh, so yeah. many people that get mad in the moment. I think in now a couple of weeks to kind of chill out a little bit. Like, I think most people can say in a vacuum, you'd way rather have that than the guy that's not going for it in those situations, even if you don't agree with the play call or if you have some other exceptions that you take with it. But if you could sit through Malibu milk toast Mike McCoy and the way he made decisions, and then you look at how Brandon Staley runs his team and how he makes decisions. I think it's pretty obvious which brand of football you would prefer to watch. 
I think that we also learned a little bit about Brandon Staley from this press conference because of what Tom Telesco had to say about Darius Wynn. He was asked why Darius Wynn was fired, or at least to get more into specifics about it. He said, I think our special teams, there was an improvement from 2020 to 2021. I think there was an improvement in season this year, certainly. I don't think he will be out of work for long. I do think that Brandon wants the perfect fit for this coaching staff, and he wants that done as soon as possible. He was asked to follow up, was it philosophy or personality? And he said it was more generally wasn't the perfect fit. So I don't know what this tells you, David, because like, obviously, I mean, it's nice to get some clarification and it's a little bit surprising. And I mean, I guess it's how much stock you put into what Telesco is saying too, as far as why he was like, oh, obviously you have to take it at face value during this conversation. But I do, I guess, like the fact that, you know, if Brandon Staley sees something and even though it gets better but still wasn't good enough, that, you know, he's willing to cut ties with something or, you know, maybe admit that he made a mistake when picking this guy and try to find somebody who's a better fit. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, Brandon Staley kind of talking a little bit through uh, Tom Telesco or Tom Telesco kind of explaining that a little bit. Yeah, um, but I I do like the fact that, you know, they're, they're just saying, hey, it didn't work out. And and I think that's just, you know, hey, you don't always know how things are going to work when you just start a working relationship with somebody. You might have a vision for how it's going to go. For, of course, you're going to be optimistic about it when you first make that decision. But, you know, after the season, you have time to reflect on how things went throughout the entirety of a 17-game season and really feel like, hey, is this going in the direction I needed to go? Or, you know, is this relationship really going to be the one that takes me where we, you know, where this team needs to go? And obviously that wasn't the case with Darius Swinton. So we're going to have to see who they bring in. And if it's another guy from a relationship that Brandon Staley has established while he's been in the league. And the only guy that I think they publicly have interviewed for was the former Giants special teams coordinator. So there hasn't been a lot out there. He did say that they're going to be looking at a big pool of people to choose from but we don't have a lot of information on that yet but i do think that would be telling to see you know who they end up going with next trying to find that better fit so that that was interesting and and tom Tolesco didn't really open up about much right but it seemed like one of the things he did kind of open up about was when he was asked about specific players and yeah. what that did lead to at least in this interview at least as far as transparency's sake is him actually giving some good thoughts on mike williams about Storm Norton and the offensive line, and also the running back two situation, which, I mean, I have a bone to pick with the Josh Kelly of it all. So we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys that I'm starving right now, and that's because I haven't gotten my Built Bar in today. And Built Bar is the best protein bar on the planet. If you guys haven't tried yet, you're making a mistake because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And especially with New Year's here and trying to stay on your New Year's resolutions, I'm hanging in strong, I'm intermittent fasting, it's going great. I'm getting married later this year. It's cutting time. You know, got to stay on that diet. Built Bar has helped me more than you would believe because it's something that I can eat that fits in with my diet while also being something that tastes great. Because for me, I mean, you might be able to tell, but I like the taste of great food. It would be It's very hard for me to eat protein bars when they don't taste good. So if I get something that's waxy or chalky or tastes like a chemical spill, I'm not going to eat it no matter what the health benefits are, right? I eat enough chicken and broccoli. I need a treat sometimes. Built Bar is where I go because it tastes great. There's a ton of great flavors to choose from, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and you get great flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, coconut, coconut almond, salted caramel, just to name a few of them. And You can get a mix box so you can try it and figure out which one of the Built Bars is your favorite. And if you get the mix box, 
I promise you, you're going to find one that you like. And the nice thing is, is they're all low on carbs. They're low on sugar, which I can't have a lot of, while being high in fiber and packed with protein. One of the best bang for your bucks as far as protein you're getting in a protein bar while also getting some that taste good. Things like this aren't supposed to exist in the wild. This is a cheat code for your diet. Get some Bilt Bars, get something that tastes great and also fits on your diet and save some money because since you listen to the show, if you go to Bilt.com, you can save 15% off your order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word to save 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, David, well, there's more to get into here, and I'm glad that we get to talk about some specific players, and we'll have some more to talk about next week when we get into part two, and I just, you know, pull my hair out with Tom Telesco saying that there's not a depth (laughs) problem with this team. It was hard not to get to that today, but I do want to talk and keep it offensively right now because there was some things that we have to talk about, including what he had to say about Storm Norton. Let's start with Storm Norton because when he was asked about Storm Norton, it seemed like one of the things he wanted to do, and I don't blame him for this, was protect Storm Norton, right? Sure. He was asked if he felt comfortable if Storm Norton was the starting right tackle. Super non-committal towards that. I mean, it wasn't As like he should he, be, right? As he should totally. be. But one of the things he said is that everyone wants to bash Storm Norton, right? But at the same time, he's part of a unit that was a top five offensive line this season. And he also had well, a lot of really good offense. games. Yeah. No, I mean, top five offensive line as far as pass blocking efficiency and things like that. I mean, he was talking specifically about the line. It was a top five unit, and he's included in that unit. And he said Michael Schofield is also included in that unit. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, I mean, just because you know a player played better than expectations, you know, did a lot of good things, but also had some really bad games, doesn't mean that he's the answer, right? And just I think oh, yeah. one of the, and he said, you know, I know he gave up a lot of pressures, but he deserves a lot of credit as well. I don't think he gave him anything as far as you know. He said there's going to be competition at right tackle next year. And, and as there should be for every position, you know, and you has to kind yeah. of generalize it like that. But, yeah, I mean, he's right, though, David. I mean, he was part of an offensive line that was one of the better offensive lines in the league this year, which was a huge turnaround. But he was also part of the reason that they weren't the best offensive line, right? And they also have, still have to very much be trying to upgrade that going into 2022. Yeah, and I think we got to look at look at this with a little bit of perspective, right? I mean, Storm Norton came in here that the Chargers signed from the XFL. Totally, he was never expected to be the starting right tackle of this team, no. but that's what happened. He was thrown out of the frying pan and in directly into the fire. And he and, had some you know, really good games. He really yes, did have some he, good games. He did. He absolutely did. And I think you you got a lot more out of Storm Norton than you ever expected to get. And I think that we have to keep that perspective when we're talking about that. Was he one of the worst right tackles in the NFL this year? Yes. The, I mean, I think the numbers would absolutely support that. But I think – the production that you got versus what you were expecting to get, I think, has to be some context you have to keep when you're talking about Storm Norton. 100%. I mean, he he far exceeded my expectations. I mean, the first game, I, you know, he goes out there and handles Montez Sweat for a lot of the game. Like, did also give up, you know, a fumble that was not a fumble. But for the most part, held his own and then had some really tough games like Mike Parsons tortured him. Max Crosby yeah. tortured him. And Max Crosby's yeah. also a great player that led the league by a large margin in pressures. So, yeah, I mean, he had some rough moments. And it doesn't mean he's a bad player, but you can't rely on that going into next season. Yeah. Like you have to you have to always be trying to upgrade it. And there's certain positions you need to try to upgrade more than others. And right tackle is one of those positions. Definitely. So let's get into Mike Williams. What do you have to say about that? Because he 
obviously, the I mean, one of the main things, if you didn't get to watch press conference, I don't blame you if you didn't watch an hour and seven minute Tom Telesco press conference. We did it for you. Was that, yeah, that's why we're doing this. Was that <laughs> he was talking about Mike Williams and other players as if, like, I'm not going to talk about that. And he's like, right. I'm not going to talk about 2022. I'm focused on yeah. 2021. Right. And that was a big theme throughout the press conference. But when he did talk about Mike Williams, you know, he just said, I'm so happy we drafted him, right? Yeah. You know, I'm so happy that he played for us this year. He also said he didn't just have one good season. He had a few good seasons. He had a season with 1,000 yards and a season with 10 touchdowns. And his yeah. freshman year or his rookie season was more yeah. like a medical redshirt freshman year, right? Yeah. When he's right. And he was banged up, all that stuff. Mike Williams deserves a lot of credit for what he did this season. But – I don't know how committed he was to it. It was weird because he kind of did the same thing with Brandon Staley uh, as far as, like, I was down on the field in overtime for that Raiders game. And, like, what an all-time bad move for Tom Telesco and Dean Spanos to walk down to the field in overtime of the biggest game of the season. I mean, I'm not all superstitious, but I'm a little stitious, and that seemed like a really dumb thing to do. But at the same time, he talked about, you know, just seeing what Mike Williams put out in this game and just that he has been there for all those big catches throughout the years, not just this mm -hmm. last season. It doesn't give Tom Telesco a lot to say a lot about it because he's going into contract negotiations with this dude yeah, he's not gonna in the next anything. couple months, right? But I still get the overwhelming, you know, feeling that he's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you, 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 you heard a lot of the same things that you've heard previously when – you know, Tom Telesco and the, the, the coaching staff and the organization has talked about Mike Williams. It's, oh, you know, this guy's a gutsy guy type of player. We, you know, we really respect him and we love everything that he's done and brought to brought to the table whenever there's been a big play. You know, he's been out there to go get those big plays for us. It's been a lot of the same. And that, that, I felt like that was it was just a continuation of that in this press conference as well. I mean, he didn't give away anything. He didn't say, hey, we're going to try to resign him or, hey, we're going to franchise him. No, nothing like that. You weren't going to get anything like that. Uh, as Dan said, hey, they're probably going to about to go to the table and, and try to work out some kind of deal, whether that is a franchise tag or whether that is a long-term deal. That's never, you know, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Todd Lesko, you know, keeps all of his cards close to the vest. But um, I just think it was that same tone that we've heard consistently about Mike Williams again in this press conference. Yeah, it was for sure. And then and one of the things he was asked towards the end of the press conference was about the running back two position. And, you know, one of the things he said is just that, yeah, they don't want it to be all of Austin Eckler, right? right. But he did seem very, very high on upcoming free agent, Justin Jackson. So that Justin Jackson gave him a spark that he's really good in pass protections. He's a really good special teams player. All of those things are fair. He's also been very, you know, inconsistent at staying on the field and his durability. And he did say that too. He, he, did, he did acknowledge that. Yeah. Well, he said he's been a spark for us and he's played great every time he's on the field, you yeah. know, which insinuates, yeah, but he has to be on the field for sure. But I just wonder what they're going to do behind Justin Jackson, who I'm assuming they're going to bring back. Because when he yeah. talked about Josh Kelly, he said Josh Kelly runs hard, Josh Kelly converts first downs. And, like, Josh yeah. Kelly always – I don't like saying mean things about players. I don't. Like, I mean, I, I – Well, we especially don't Josh Kelly, man, because that oh. smile is unbelievable. And it's hard to <laughs> to want to talk bad about the dude. But totally. simply production on the football field, I can't confidently Started. say that if I need to get a first down, that Josh Kelly is going to get me that first down. There was just no. so many runs that was – one yard and into the ground or no gain or a two yard run where it feels like he's 
really expending every bit of energy that he has to go get it. It just the the words, the compliments, the praise that he provided for Josh Kelly is not really in sync with the Josh Kelly that we have seen up to this point. Yeah, and I do think like towards the end of the year, he had a couple of good moments, right? He has the fourth down play where he has a lot of room to make up where he has to go get a first down. His third or fourth down, he goes and gets it, right? Went a sure. long ways to do it. He had a couple conversions. He also had a couple of times where we were yelling, why is he on the field yeah. on fourth down and getting stuffed? And yep. he also had a couple of moments where he absolutely, you know, S word of the bed in pass protection and let, you know, Justin Herbert get lit up or, you know, let a play get totally disrupted. So, like, there's other issues there. When he talked about Larry Roundtree, he said he started off well, still think there's a lot there. And he talked about all their special teams value as well. And, like, I do think some, you know, those guys played roles on special teams. Yeah. But I also think at the same time they played very replaceable roles on special sure. teams. Like, you're yeah. not keeping – you like. Larry Rantree and Josh Kelly at this point are not worth keeping around just as special teams players. They're not specialists. They're no. getting kept there because of their running back ability as well. They have to be, even though you do have to play some special teams. It has to be both. You have to bring some value as a running back. And that just scares me because now there's four dudes in the room. You're not keeping any more than that. So, yeah. like, this all could be word salad nonsense, you know, and false bravado and, you know, false confidence in these dudes. But, like, it sounds like they're bringing back Justin Jackson. Are you going to spend a draft pick on a running back for the third year in a row and the last two are Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly in the fourth and sixth rounds, respectively? I don't know, David. It's a, it's a scary thought when you're hearing these thoughts on these guys because I just don't know. With Josh Kelly, he's going into year three. Players develop different, all of those things. I just don't know what you've seen out of either of those two dudes to think that they should have a big role in the offense at all, not including special teams going into 2022. Well, yeah, because the coaching staff gave all of those guys numerous opportunities to try to carve out a role in this running back room all season long, and that did not take place. You did not get any kind of production from any of those guys that would make you say, okay, we have something here. This guy for sure should be part of this room. I didn't get that sense. I don't even get that sense with Justin Jackson, even though, you know, when he's on the field, we saw some decent things. I think that anybody in that room not named Austin Eckler should feel uncomfortable because none of them really put forth the type of play that would garner them to be back in the fold next season. I think the other tough thing, too, is that, like, right now your best running back was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Your second best running back who's a free agent was a seventh round pick. The underperforming players are the fourth round pick, who was, of course, it hurts more because he was the next pick after you traded up to get Kenneth Murray. And the other one was a sixth round pick. And you can find value at running back late. And these seem like two whiffs for Tom Telesco, who, I mean, honestly, why, why would you want to, you know, point more attention to your big whiff. So I understand him saying these things, but as far as like actual confidence in these guys going into next season, that's just something that's hard to have. Obviously I hope they do great. You know, hopefully they, something clicks and they start playing well, but like neither one of those dudes is like special in anything that we've seen so far. Like Justin Jackson, you've seen some special vision, a special kind of cutback, you know, that yeah, some he has nice wiggle, some agility sure. for sure. We know Austin Eckler special, you know, With these two guys, though, it seemed like they went low floor or high floor, low ceiling, though, with like, Uh because it's like neither of these guys bring anything specifically athletically 
they're not like athletic enough to be athletic, you know, scat back, third down specialist, going to make people miss. No. And they're also not big enough to be a true typical bruiser that's going right. to come in and get you the first down. They're like a the, true tweener. Right. So it's like, how can you make that work? Maybe they turn into great special teams players, but you do need some value at the actual running back position because obviously, as Tom Tulesco admitted, that, you know, they didn't get enough of the non Austin Eckler running backs this season. But there was just so much meat on this bone from this Tom Tulesco press conference. There was no way we were going to get to everything today. So we will be back with you guys on Monday with part two of breaking down Tom Tulesco's press conference. And on Monday, we'll talk about what he had to say about the defense, including some admitting some fault to maybe overestimating what they had defensively. He also said that depth was not an issue for the Chargers in 2021. So we absolutely have to get into that, including, you know, his thoughts on guys like Jerry Tillery, Kenneth Murray, Michael Davis, just to name a few. And in Chenun Wosu, who after you hear his thoughts on that, you'll probably think that Chen is definitely coming back to the Chargers next season. You know, when you hear things like, I don't think there's anything I could say that I don't like about his game. But you have to come back on Monday for that to make sure you don't miss it. Make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys for making us your first listen. You can also find the show every day in all of our social media. You can find us on Twitter at Lockdown LAC. You can find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and our at Lockdown Chargers Instagram page as well. If you guys want to get your voicemails in, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And you guys really brought it for us this week as well. We appreciate you guys listening through this whole week during the offseason and continuing to support us. We very much appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Jokemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. But their depth was good. <laughs> what What are we talking about here? We'll get into that on Monday. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.